Welcome to Hablando de Tequila. I'm your host, Zach Jabal. Throughout this six-part series, we'll explore the history, people, culture, and future of tequila. On today's episode, I'm joined by Antonio Rodriguez, the Entree Development Director for Patron Tequila, as we discuss the historical production of tequila, why retaining those traditional methods is so important to high-quality tequila, and what Patron does to ensure that quality in every bottle. Antonio, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Zach. It's always great to talk about tequila. Yeah, almost as good as drinking it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd rather drink it and talk about it. That's a good combo. <laughs> yes, indeed. So let's start with a little bit of background about you, Antonio. Uh, what was your kind of path to this role with Patron and, and what's your experience in the tequila industry like? That's a good question, and we can spend like four hours about that. So I'll try to summarize it a little I'll pour bit. Myself, I'll pour myself some tequila. In this case. <laughs> good call. So basically, I joined Patron in 2006. Okay. And luckily, it was just by chance. I was, I had zero interest in tequila back then, but I was just uh, finishing my degree as chemical engineer from University of Guadalajara. And I just got a lovely call from Patron Tequila telling me that if I wanted to work with them, and who will say no to that? Yeah. So 2006, I started as a production supervisor in Hacienda Patrona, the distillery. And long story short, after 15 years there, I became the production director. I spent my days producing tequila and most importantly, tasting tequilas. That's mm-hmm. a hard job. Somebody has to do uh-huh. it, but I'm, I'm gladly to be the one. And just a month ago, I moved to the commercial area, trying to help in spread the word about Patron and how magical our process is. Okay. Well, let's dig into that process a little bit. Um, and let's start with this. So traditionally, in the in the earliest days of tequila production, and, and um, we've already spoken a little bit in, a, in another episode about sort of the methodology a little bit, but I would love from, from your perspective, kind of what are the, what are the origins of tequila production? How, is, how has tequila traditionally been made in Jalisco and surrounding areas? Good. So that's a lot of history on tequila. And usually the, the first tequilas in the world were made with one method called Taona, T-A-H-O-N-A, okay. which is basically a volcanic stone that helped to crush the agave and, and release all the sugars that you have inside the agave. Okay, That's a very interesting method that sadly nowadays, there's no such a thing as a Taona handbook. There's nothing written about how to operate those kind of methods. And that's why actually very few people nowadays is still working with those. Okay. And, and, and Patron, we are one of the ones that keep the Taonas alive. And I can tell you that we don't have only one Taona. We have 14 Taonas at the mm-hmm. distillery nowadays. And we are under construction with two more. So by far, we are the largest Taona tequila producer. And this this method, gladly, we we got the experience about it from our former master distiller, Francisco Alcaraz, who designed Patron Process, Patron Flavor Profile, and in our case, Taona is a key part of our flavor profile. And I want to step back for just a second. So in the production of tequila, you know, you have, I think most people understand that you start with agave, but you mentioned that the importance of this crushing method um, using the Taona what is it about that method and about 
some some things that are used for fermentation and distillation, the sugar is very easy to access. What is it about the agave that makes sort of this crushing necessary or, or some way to kind of break apart the actual physical agave? Good point. And, and, and it's kind of tricky. Let me try to put it as simple as, as possible. So yeah, the, the process to produce tequila, basically you just need to cook the agave in mm-hmm. order to, to break the long chains of sugars that you have inside the agave. Then you have to crush it, then ferment, then distill. Okay. And in, in each operation, you can apply different kind of technologies or stay in the all-way method of production. Okay. What, let me try to go step by step in, in, in the different alternatives and, and why they are important, I would say, in the way Patron is made. And we can move from them. Perfect. So starting in the cooking, the cooking is very important in order to get all the sweetness out. What I mean by that is you already have sugar on the raw agave, but the way you cook it, that's going to be highly reflected on the sweetness that you will get on the on the flavor profile on your tequila, on your glass, which at the end is, is, is the most important part because you're not able to be at any bar talking to everybody that ordered tequila, trying to explain what the flavors are coming from. Mm-hmm. So you, you need to do the things in order that the glass will speak for itself. Yeah. And in this case, the way we cook the agave at Patron is in small brick ovens, and we take a little more than three days to do it. We use water steam. We do, we do a slow method process. And the idea here is to get all the sweetness out of the agave, which, by the way, we start by sourcing the highest quality agave, and I mean by that, the sweetest agave that we can get. Okay. That's on the cooking. What are some alternatives? What are some technologies on this operation? You can also use what is called an autoclave, which is basically just a bigger stainless steel vessel. What is going to be the benefit with that is instead three days, which is the way we do it, where you can do the same thing in one day. Let's put it that way. What's going to be the problem is basically... An autoclave is, I will say, like a microwave. Okay. If you are going out for a dinner, and if I can take you to a, a place and we, we're going to get a frozen pizza, we're going to go to a nice Italian restaurant that makes the pizza from scratch, Will which one you will choose? <laughs> yeah, understood. So basically, that's, that's why we'd rather take more time in order to get all the sweetness available for the next processes. So, so now you have you have this cooked agave, and you already mentioned to some extent the importance of sort of breaking it apart. But I know that at Patron you use both a tahona and also use um, some other technology in part. So, can you maybe walk through kind of the different ways that you can you know sort of physically break apart the agave once it's been cooked? Yeah. So once you have the cooked agave, then the next step is to do the extraction to crush the agave to 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 get all the sugars out of the fiber, and you got it right, we use Taona, and I mentioned before, 14 Taonas nowadays at the distillery. This Taona is a volcanic stone, more or less two tons weight, that is gonna crush the, the cooked agave. Key okay. situation here, by cooking the agave the way we do it, the agave is really, really smooth, I will say. Okay. So it's easier for the volcanic stone to do that kind of crushing, break the fibers, release the sugars, but a key situation that we do at Patron is we keep 
the agave juice and the fiber together. Okay. So after the taona, we're going to use the whole thing, fiber and juice, to move to the fermenter. That is one process. We also use the roller mill, which is the most common uh, extraction method on in the industry. I will say, I mean, uh, roughly numbers, 75% of the brands in the market are produced with this roller mill method. And this is basically a, a machine that is crushing the agave five times. You add water in, in between every crush. So basically you are, let's say, raising the fiber, getting all the agave juice on one end and the fiber without sugars on the other end. Okay. So after, after that process, you're going to have only agave juice, basically just liquid that is going to go to fermentation. Okay. But another alternative here in the industry, we have covered the Taona, we have covered the roller mill, something that we do not do at Patron, but some distilleries are doing nowadays. It's called diffuser. Mm -hmm. What is a diffuser? Basically, it's one big machine in which you can do the extraction and part of the cooking together at the same time. Okay. Going back to that operation, we take three days in the brick ovens. An autoclave can be as fast as one day. This diffuser that I'm talking about, it can be as fast as a few hours. Wow. What is going to be the differences? And I, um, I will try to keep it simple again. The highest, sweetest profile, you're going to get it from a brick oven. Autoclave is a little bit of sweetness, but also some bitterness from the agave that you overcook. Okay. And the diffuser, that's the one that is going to give you, give you less complexity on the, on the final tequila. And that's just about, it's about the time and probably the... The sort of the different, I mean, again, I know we don't want to get into this, although I'm sure with your background, you fully understand it. Is it just have to do with the conversion of of these sort of long chain carbohydrates into, into simple sugars? It just, it doesn't do it as completely? Yeah, because on, on one thing is the brick oven mm -hmm. is a low temperature, longer oh, time. Yeah. The autoclave is, the autoclave is shorter time, but higher temperature. So that's okay. when you are like, let's put it that way, damaging a little bit of the sugars because you are exposing them to a higher temperature in a shorter period of time. And the diffuser is even more aggressive on that extraction. Okay. So if you are looking for efficiencies, diffuser is the best. But in this case that we're looking for flavor profile, diffuser is the one that is going to give you less because it's basically breaking more of the the fiber in an aggressive way that is not allowed to release of the flavors. Okay. And then the next step in the process, as you mentioned, is fermentation. And so what what is fermentation like at Patron and, and maybe uh, how does that differ for some other tequila producers? Fermentation is, is one of the most critical operations. Why? Because up to now, we've been talking about sugar, about sweetness. In the fermentation is when we're going to take those sugars and create all the alcohol and congeners that are going to be responsible for the flavor of the tequila. Okay. So the way the way we ferment on Patron is using pine wood fermenters, mm -hmm. small pine wood fermenters, and ferment for as much as three days. Okay. We use our own proprietary yeast in order to develop the flavors that we want. And as I mentioned before, one of the key components for Patron flavor is the Taona process because we keep the fiber. So we ferment mm. with all the agave on, on the fermenter. So that that increases the amount of congeners. What are the congeners? Basically, all the different components that can give you that fruitiness, 
that floral, that citrusy flavors on the tequila, all that is coming from the congener. So that's why it is so important, this operation. And again, the pine wood fermenters that we use allow us to control the temperature of the reaction in a natural way. Okay. So the example that I was put on regarding this is like the pine wood fermenter is like a very nice office for the yeast. Oh, okay. If you put the yeast in, the, in, in a nice place that is... <laughs> Sounds kind of funny, but it's like a happy yeast, productive yeast. Mm -hmm. The flavors is going to be amazing. But what are other alternatives? Most of the industry ferments using stainless steel containers. What's the problem here? That usually if you, if you have a stainless steel, you can go to bigger capacities, which is going to stress the yeast because it's much more pressure on, on the container. Mm. And also the temperature you cannot control the, the temperature on an stainless steel the way you control it in the wood fermenter. Okay. So that's also bringing more stress to the yeast. And at the end, the yeast is like a human being. If you are under stress, your performance is going to be one way, but you are comfortable, your performance is going to be better. So okay. that's, that's why we use that kind of methods. And going back, to another alternative, and that is usually linked to the diffuser use, is that you can also ferment using some chemicals, some acids, in okay. order to, to accelerate the, the fermentation process. So that's why, um, in our case, we keep following the traditional method, which is from the brick oven, the taona, a little bit of the roller, and the pine wood fermenters up to this point. And this is a, just a simple question, I think the resulting liquid after fermentation what like what proof is that like or like how how alcoholic is it when when all the sugar in the agave has been fermented the liquid resulting after fermentation is called dead mosto okay and this liquid is in our case it has like 8 proof 4% okay. alcohol but this number is quite low considering the average of the industry okay you can reach alcohol concentrations up to 8-10% or maybe slightly higher, how you can achieve that by using a specific yeast. Oh, okay. But again, in our case, our focus is not getting more alcohol. Our focus is getting the alcohols that we want. But again, if you want to go 100% for efficiency, you can apply technology from the ethanol production mm -hmm. and you can bring fortified yeast that can hold higher alcohol content but again you're going to have much more ethanol but you're going to have less congeners what's going to happen at the end when you are at the bar sipping your tequila you can have a, a natural rich complex tequila or a flat tequila okay so that's how you can move and there are several decisions through the process that will lead you to different flavor profiles. And then let's talk about distillation a little bit. What kind of stills do you use and how, again, does that vary throughout the tequila industry? That's one of the, maybe one more of our treasures. Uh -huh. If you are able to visit the distillery, you will find out more than 140 pot stills. Wow. So that's massive. I mean, I don't know any other distillery, not, not only about tequila, that has that many pot stills. Mm -hmm. And it's not only the quantity. All of our pot stills are made 100% of copper. Okay. 
the copper is a it's a key component on, on this equation. Why? Because it helps to produce smoother spirits, not only tequila. And why is this? Because during the alcoholic fermentation, you produce among the different alcohols and congeners, you also produce some sulfur components. And these kind of components are not toxic at all in the in the concentrations that you have it in the tequila, but they create bitterness, uh, some, some flavors that are not the best in our case, in the profile that we're looking at, Patron. So the copper help us to get rid of those components. So that's why our tequila is able to be smoother. Okay. And that's the way we do it. We have, uh, as, I, as I said, small pot stills. And usually the common practice on the industry, it can be from bigger stainless steel pot stills which what's the benefit first of course the quantity and second the price stainless steel is at least four times cheaper than than a copper pot steel and the other alternative can be also a column steel mm -hmm. column steel is help you to pro, to keep a continuous distillation that again looking for efficiency is the best if you're if you're seeing this process as a conversion process at all that's the best combination but Flavor profile, that's the one that is going to give you the less complexity. And in my point of view, talking about tequila, that the raw material, at least for 100% agave tequilas, like, like Patron, is an agave that takes you to be ready. I will not mess with that and get rid of those flavors if I already wait those many years to get those flavors out <laughs> of the plant. Yeah, a few days doesn't seem like much after all that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really lucky to be part of this company because... Since day one, our commitment has been consistency, quality, and respect or, or, or process. Even though if, if you go back to the history and check the growth on volume that Patron has had in the years, we never compromise the process. So we'd rather say, okay, you want more liquid? Okay, but I'm gonna take, I, it's going to take me a year to get more liquid out. But we'd rather keep the process. And actually... Right. That is something that is happening right now because now the trend of agave spirits is is massive. I mean, everybody is trying to sip good tequilas, which is amazing. But right now, I can tell you that we are not able to supply all the all the tequila that people is looking to to have. But we'd rather do that and wait until we can. We're going to be able to produce more tequila in the same traditional way that we do. And one last question about production, and then I want to talk a little bit about once the tequila is finished. So you mentioned 140 or so pot stills. And I think I've heard from other distillers and, and other times is that not only does the raw material and the shape of a still matter, but the, just that no two stills are alike. So do some of the stills that you guys have kind of have their own individual characteristics? And is that something that you ever kind of enjoy or, or highlight? We have different different kind of pot stills, but... Basically, we have a, a kind of pot steel for first distillation okay. and a, a different pot steel for the for the second distillation. Okay. And we also have, remember, two different processes. On That's the right. roller mill side, which is only used, you can have a slightly bigger pot steels. But on the Taona side, in which we distill with the fiber, we have very tiny pot steel. I can tell you that every distillation batch that we have yields around 150 liters of tequila. Okay. So that is, it's an interesting number because we're talking about a brand that is selling over 3 million cases of tequila 
but we are distilling 150 liters at a time. Wow. So when you understand this ratio, it's it's massive. And that's why we need so many equipments. And besides the equipments, besides the process, in my particular point of view, the key component of Patron is the people. Yeah. In order in order to keep this operation going, nowadays we are over 2,000 people at the distillery. I call them the Agave Army. Is this <laughs> a lot of people in one single place bringing happiness to the world with uh, some beautiful tequila? Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the kind of relationship between uh, Patron, the Hacienda, and the community. So, you know, you mentioned having a staff of 2,000 or so people, and presumably that's grown a lot since 1989. What What is it that, like, not that you need to give me a list of all the jobs, but like, what are what are some of the things that people do? And, and how do you kind of find people to do that work? We're lucky that we are based on Atotonilco El Alto in Jalisco, the highlands of Jalisco. Mm-hmm. And basically, there's a lot of people there that is that is willing to work and even more in a place that takes, takes care of them. Yeah. And you mentioned 1989, which is the year that we start. I can tell you that Patron basically start with less than 30 people. Okay. And from theory, we moved to over 2,000. Why is that? And what are the kinds of jobs that we have? That's considering only the distillery. Yeah. So, from receiving the agave, chopping the agave, loading the ovens, operating the roller mill, the taonas, the guys that are working on the fermentations, the guys that are working on the pot stills, that is only covering the production process. But, and this is one of the key situations of Patron, we take care of everything. Our job is not finished just when we produce the tequila. The bottling process, in our case, is 100% manual. Okay. So... Every single label, we have a handwritten number on every single bottle. So we provide, out of those 2,000, over 700 people is just waiting at the bottling room. Wow. Taking care of this handmade bottling process. And when we built the Hacienda, there was not a lot of job opportunities at the region. Okay. So at that point, we basically have two alternatives. Either just buy a expensive, high-technological machine and just hire three, four people to operate it, okay. or just keep it manual and, as I will say, spread the love okay. and get more people coming in, get some people getting benefits. And we love the result of that because we like to think that every time that you grab a Patron bottle, there's a lot of passion involved in that. Sure. Not only because of the process, but also for all the, um, the amount of people that is involved into that. And outside of the process... We have also a lot of people taking care of the of the place itself mm-hmm. because the hacienda it's is lovely. It's a huge place, has a lot of gardens, a lot of things to take care of. Also part of the environment initiatives, people that is uh, helping us to take care of the waste in the compost area, in the reverse osmosis plant. So the different technologies that we have in order to take care of, of the waste on the production. There's a lot of people working there. The maintenance also, I mean, we've been growing since day one. So we have also a, a huge team on, on the project and construction areas. Oh, yeah. And a few years ago, we just opened our, what we call Casona. Basically, this is like a, a small boutique hotel inside the distillery oh. in which we bring all the all the people that we invite and we wanted to show the process 
not only in a friendly visit, but allow them to stay for around two days inside the distillery and see that many people. So we have a lot of functions. We also, one of the benefits that we do is we provide transportation for all the employees. Oh, wow. So that's also like bus drivers. So there's a lot of, of, of different kinds of jobs. We have a, two different chefs, staff on the kitchen. So basically, any single career has an opportunity at Patron Distillery because we take care of every single detail. That's very cool. Okay, so I want to talk about something that you mentioned a few different times during this conversation about sort of what the production method for all of the Patron tequilas is, uh, is like, and then of course, some alternatives throughout the tequila industry. So let's say I am a somewhat interested tequila drinker, but I'm not that, that, I'm not that knowledgeable. And I am somewhere where for some horrible reason, there's no Patron. How do I know, or or even with Patron, how do I know that the tequila I'm getting is made using these traditional, more quality-oriented methods as opposed to something that's purely about speed and efficiency? That's a good question. Basically, what I will say, if, if you are sitting at a bar and, and suddenly you don't find Patron, what I will say is just go out and find another bar. <laughs> <laughs> Very but, fair. But in, in general... Tequila is, I mean, it might be biased because I, I, that's all I know. I've been working here for over 15 years, but tequila is so, 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 such a magical spirit and has all these kind of processes, all those different decisions that you can take in the process, take you to different uh, expressions. So what I will suggest to people is just focus on consistency. And, and what I mean in consistency is when you are sipping a, a nice tequila like the Patron Expressions, I always say to people that you got to fall in love with the glass. You got to involve pretty much all your senses on the experience. Everything starts on the side. Just when you grab a, a glass of tequila and try to see and evaluate the color. In this case, maybe it's a silver tequila, which should be clear, crystal, bright. But if it's a reposado, it's an H tequila, reposado, añejo, or extra añejo, you might find some different colors, like slightly amber or darker, a little bit darker. So first, try to understand the color. Mm -hmm. If it's silver, just be bright and clear. If it's H, how dark it is. So that, that's going to like tell you what is coming. Sure. Then, and one of the most important senses involved here is the aromas. So then get the glass close to your nose. It's just like a, a fine wine. Just try to get the different areas on the glass, what kind of aromas you're getting, how's the intensity, how is that related with the color again? Okay. Because sometimes you can find like a tequila that looks really dark and then the aromas are, are not there, are not there in the same intensity. Mm. Final thing, let's have a sip. Get all the experience. Make sure that the tequila touch all your mouth and get the aftertaste also. See how, how much flavor is still in your palate after you pass it. What is the aftertaste looking at? If it's long lasting, if, if there's no aftertaste at, at all. So those kind of things, that's where I'm talking about consistency. If what I saw in the glass it's pretty much the same complexity or intensity that what I'm getting on the nose and on the palate, 
that will be, I will say, a, a well-made tequila. Okay. Because sadly, one of the situations that you can do on tequila is you can put up to 1% of what we call additives on tequila without disclaiming on the label. So these additives are usually used to enhance one of the senses. What I mean by that is maybe I can produce a really dark tequila okay. just by using additives on the color, or maybe I can bring sweet aromas by putting a different kind of additives, or I can have a extreme sweet cotton candy, vanilla flavor, but this is coming from an artificial way. Usually okay. when you use those kind of things, you're not going to have balance. You're not going to have consistency. When you have a, a glass with Patron, you can find that consistency. And something that I love about our tequilas is not only the consistency, but the complexity. By the way we produce the tequila and, and combining those two different methods, for example, on the aromas, you will find yourself moving all the way from the vegetable side of the fresh agave to the citrusy that is coming from the roller mill, through the sweetness that is coming from the cook agave on the taona side, a lot of fruitiness also by fermenting and distilling with fiber. So you can have explosion of different aromas when you're having a, a glass with Patron tequila because all these decisions that we took and all this time that we spent of the process, again, as, as I mentioned at the beginning, are going to be reflecting on the glass. Sure. And it definitely makes sense then to when you are, whichever bottling from Patron you are enjoying to both enjoy that complexity and to think more, as I know I will going forward about all the people and all the work that went into making each one of those bottles possible. Antonio, thank you so much for your time. It was really fascinating to get a little bit more information about the production of the tequila and, and sort of life around the distillery. Is there anything else that we missed that you uh, might want to mention? I will say that uh, nowadays a lot of people this is enjoying good tequilas, but there's still a lot of people that hasn't tried it yet. I will highly suggest to start sipping tequilas, start enjoying and start studying about tequila. Like mm -hmm. what I'm getting on this glass it's something that it should be because sadly with this booming on the agave spirit there's people that is sipping tequilas that are tasting different things but tequila okay. so I, I like uh, vanilla cotton candy this is uh, extremely sweet that's what i like it that's not what tequila should taste so what i will suggest is is just take your time to appreciate the complexity of tequilas find a way that a good tequila should taste and go enjoy it. Well, again, Antonio, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Zach. Have a great day and enjoy your tequila. I will. This podcast series is in partnership with Patron Tequila, the world's number one super premium tequila that is passionately handcrafted in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico. To learn more about Patron, visit Patron Tequila dot com.